This is the all-new Blitz 1170. Thank you for choosing us. My problems up on the shelf. The workday's over and I got it made. Like Johnny Kemp said, I just got paid and I'm ready to mingle. Young man single and free. Ready to get busy. Down the party. All right, it's 144 here on the Blitz 1170. You've had a good Wednesday so far. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Matt Hubbard. Coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, Eric Bailey will join us here on the Blitz 1170. A little chat about the Oklahoma Sooners through spring football so far. Uh, but first, it is a Wednesday, so that means it's time to welcome in the doc, Dr. Christopher Crane from Tulsa Bone and Joint. Check him out online, TulsaBoneandJoint.com. What's up, Dr. Crane? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well today. Doing well indeed. Uh, I wanted to start things today with just a general question, and it is along the lines of uh, physicals that a variety of athletes go through at this time of the year. And it, my basic question is, is that I read stories a lot about things that are either found in physicals or that players that get to a certain point in their life that have had a number of physicals that get diagnosed with the things that physicals miss. So from your perspective, I know it's probably different. There's a, a number of different things that you can do in this, but um, can we just run through what the basics are from a physical, from your standpoint are, and what we're trying to accomplish? Sure. I mean, the, the physical is essentially trying to find all of the, the athletes who are easy passes. And that, that sounds kind of a cheesy way to put it, but what screening tests do is they try to find the ones you need to be concerned about. Okay. And so the screening, mass screening participation physical exam, look for any evidence that there's a problem. If there is no family history of anything, you have a healthy athlete, no history of injuries, they pass their physical exam, they pass their musculoskeletal exam, there's not significant concern to have to look closer. And that's what those screens are trying to do. And now if there is a concern, if there's anything on physical exam that doesn't fit right or hasn't been caught before, hasn't been explained, um, then they don't pass their screening physical exam. And what that means is now instead of in this gymnasium full of kids in a noisy environment, we'd rather you see your primary doctor, sit down, talk about what they're finding or talk about what's concerning and make sure that sport is safe for you. So inevitably, these physical exams tend to actually overcatch problems. They tend to look for things um, and, and try to find things that may or may not even be an issue, but you'd rather do that than miss something. And that being said, it's not, nothing, no system is perfect and things can still be missed, but the goal is to actually try to overprotect and, and really only let through the ones that are slam dunk good cases. Yeah, and I think you hit on something there that uh, needs to be highlighted more, and that is um, you you are you are performing some sort of physical exam, and you're looking for items that might be issues. But if they have a clean family history and pass everything else, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to catch everything, right? So some things are going to slip through. I I see this argument all the time about well, I had a physical, how come it wasn't? You didn't catch it then. Uh, there's a limit to certain things that happen within a physical. Sure. And at part of it, we talk about any test we ever do 
whether that's a blood test, a physical exam, anything, we're looking at something uh, in terms of sensitivity, how, how good is it at finding a problem if it's there, and specificity, how, how good is it at not confusing that with something else, at, at maybe looking like something else when really it's this. And physical exams aren't 100%. We, we do the best we can. Our physical exam tests and themselves have different levels of sensitivity and specificity as we try to look for these problems. And so at some point, we have to kind of do our best effort. And this is where the physical exam uh, and even the sports physical in general, the recommendations change over the years. There are clearly other tests that aren't routinely part of mass physicals. Not every single kid gets an EKG. Mm. I mean, we're not doing cardiac MRIs on every kid. And those tests are really good at finding problems. But the, the money and time and energy to do that amount of testing at every single kid just doesn't make sense. I mean, we're going to have tons of normals, and we would catch pretty much all the abnormals, but we would spend a lot of time and energy on on kids that there's no need to do this. And so that's kind of the perpetual discussion around these mass physicals is, are we doing too much? Are we doing not enough? What evidence is there to add or take away the things that we're routinely looking for to try to make sure we catch the most things, but not overdo or underdo these exams. Yeah, and I can imagine how that would be an argument of like what is too much and what's considered not to be. Yeah, and it is, and it does change too, just based on the availability of resources. I mean, I'm sure at, at elite levels of play, those routine physicals involve more tests because there's a little more funding. Um, whereas if you're more, you know, high school, middle school levels, they're getting thousands of kids through in a short time, uh, it, that there just isn't the resource to do expensive testing at, at, at children that don't necessarily have a reason for that test. And so a continual theme is trying to update these recommendations, making sure we're, we're looking for the things that we can catch uh, and looking for any problems that, that might interfere with that athlete playing safely this season. Uh, but not being overly invasive and, and not being unnecessary about it. How have the recommendations changed uh, over the years? Like what is what is the, the typical physical look like today compared to, say, those of yesteryear? Well, I think some of the big changes have been in kind of what criteria we use to be concerned about. Uh, one of the bigger ones, I think, that, that has changed a little more recently and, and does tend to change as these numbers get looked at more closely are things like blood pressure. And we talk about hypertension in adults a lot, we don't often talk about that as often in children, even though it is actually somewhat of a problem, even in the pediatric population. And on the one hand, you want people with high blood pressure, including children, to exercise to try to get that blood pressure down. But if the blood pressure is already starting at a fairly high amount, then you might have concerns that exercise would raise it even higher and that staying at those high levels all of the time is actually a problem. And so guidelines adjust and change on what blood pressure you measure is concerning. You know, what, what is a level at which you need to be concerned about this being a chronic issue and not just something related to stress or exercise in the short term? Uh, and that number can really change by age, and that number can really change by guidelines, uh, which have in the last 10, 20 years uh, had a multiple sets of guidelines come out. I bring this up because there was a story that came out this week, uh, and this was a story from the Saints. 
And this is the second time in six years that they have discovered something during a routine physical. So um, they diagnosed and they were able to help diagnose one of their free agents, Foster Moreau, uh, with cancer. He announced Wednesday that he's stepping away from football to, to try to fight it uh, right now. It's, it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. He's 25 years old, and during the routine physical is, is where they caught this. Um, now, in 2017, their medical staff, during another physical, had discovered that their long snapper at the time had an aortic aneurysm that required open-heart surgery, uh, and he retired. He credits them for, for saving his life. Uh, so there are things like this. That's one of the reasons why I brought this up. But I've I've heard, you know, different things about the ongoing discussions that have and that the conversations that lead to are we doing enough? Is there too much? But these were two examples here where a very basic um, physical and examination that an NFL team that has the resources that is able to accomplish a lot of this were at least able to help and potentially maybe save the life of, of two two individuals. Sure. And that's something that every mass physical event or whether you're going to a physician's office, there's almost always involved listening to the heart, listening to the heartbeat, listening for murmurs, looking for arrhythmias, for any sound or any clue that gives us any suggestion that that's not operating normally. And we take those very seriously. Pretty much uh, any time you've found a murmur that's not been evaluated, you've now become one of those patients that we're not going to just clear. We're going to say, hey, let's let's do this in a quieter setting. Let's make sure that this is given the attention that it needs. Uh, and that's just all in the goal of making sure that during the athletic season, we're not having catastrophes. We're not having patients that had things that we didn't know about, aortic aneurysms or, or other issues, uh, and, and that we find those early on. And they're not perfect. None of these are. But if we can reduce that risk of injury or or of worse complications from something that we could have tried to catch, then that's what these are for, is to just assess the health of these athletes and and try to find the ones that may need more help or attention. And it's it's like anything, right? They continue to evolve, even with younger athletes. Um, you know, the, the parameters and, and the recommendations change for even the older that you get, right? I mean, Every every single year, it seems like there's a new recommendation for this to start doing something else, uh, get this checked uh, at some point, maybe maybe earlier now than we ever have before. Yeah, and it's and again, as resources change or as you know, different tests get easier to do, or I expect these to continue to change. I think the the pre-exam, uh, the pre-sports participation physical is something that we're going to see continue to evolve. We're going to see new things get added. Uh, one of the other things that's kind of been added, not necessarily exactly to this, but to the pre-athlete regimen before any season is starting to be more pre-concussion testing, getting baselines on things like your balance, your reaction time, uh, any symptoms like headaches that might you might already have so that we know if you take a hit to the head, what's changed? Is your balance worse now? Is your reaction time different? And that helps us know when something is wrong because we know what you were like when before the hit before the injury this was what your results were and we can compare that directly so as that becomes a resource that more and more schools and more and more athletic programs have access to that's another step that gets added into the process okay that's fascinating so eventually getting to a point where uh there's access to to more of 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 being able to do that um, 
how much of that actually takes place now? And is that something that is only of like uh, programs of means, clearly, maybe maybe even NFL teams? But in your opinion, is that the future where we could get to a point where we're finding a baseline on everyone? Because it's, I mean, as the technology changes as well, it also becomes more affordable at some point down the line. But is that, in your opinion, where we're headed with the future to take those baseline readings before we start physical activity? I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of things. I mean, especially for concussion where it's so subjective uh, to diagnose sometimes. It's so hard because the presentation can be different child to child. And it can be, you know, it's actually harder for kids to heal from concussions. They tend to take longer. Uh, from a concussion to recover back to full speed than an adult does, uh, most likely because their brains are still developing, although the reason is not completely clear. And so, especially for things like concussions that are a little more difficult to pin down sometimes, I think having those baseline tests can be really helpful. They're getting more and more simplified. I mean, it's, it's down now where there are different types of apps that are on the phone that the coaches and athletic trainers will use uh, you just hold that phone up against you and close your eyes, and it measures your balance. It, it measures your swaying and your motion around uh, as you're trying to use your body to keep steady in space instead of just using your eyes. Um, and so that's something they can have each kid do, just run through and go through the phone. And, and it's it's becoming more accessible. And because of that, we're getting more and more data. Uh, is it helpful? Does it truly catch and help things? Uh, and so th- these are continually changing. They're not perfect. These are something that yeah. we're always evolving to make better um, because there are still things that we miss and we want to help protect these kids, especially if there's something going on we can find and, and treat and get addressed early. Uh, but it's it's going to keep evolving. And I think there's going to be some clever, clever things we start adding into this over the next 10, 20 years. Is there kind of a an age range? right for this i mean could you test to say as early as like five or six on on some of this stuff like that i mean is it is it recommended per like age group i would assume you would want to try to start as as early as possible yeah i've seen it uh used routinely in in uh children's soccer programs and and other athletic programs that are trying to to monitor that health and I mean, the data is still a little new. It's not; these haven't been around for a very long time. So we're still learning what normal ranges tend to be uh, and what 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 we need to be concerned about versus what we don't. Um, but yeah, this is something I've seen used in college. This is something I've seen used in in high schools and grade schools. Um, it's something that's growing. And, and the thing is that the normal values: one, you have a comparison athlete to athlete. You can see how an athlete does compared to their team. But what's normal? What's not? And that's mm. still being figured out. But you can also compare the athlete to themselves. You know, two months ago, they could do this. And now after this hit, uh, this injury, they're having trouble. And that's a clue that something has changed. And no matter what other uh, symptoms they may or may not have, that kind of helps clue you in to, hey, there's something that's changed here and we need to be worried about it. Good stuff today, Dr. Crane. Uh, next week, let's do a little bit more trivia. And if we have a massive injury, we'll obviously talk about that. Uh, but let's week, uh, next week, let's plan on a little bit more trivia. That was fun when we did that a few weeks ago. Always appreciate all your great information. And uh, thanks again for today. We'll uh, see you next week. Absolutely. You take care. Thanks. That's Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from Tulsa Bone & Joint, tulsabonejoint.com. Check them out online right now. Or give them a call. 
918-392-1400. All the physicians, treatment services, resources, everything that you need right there on the website. It's also All right, let's take a time out. Eric Bailey, join us next here on the Blitz 1170.